Welcome to the Voice Hacks Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Z. On the Voice Hacks Podcast, I'll be talking to some of rock and metal's best singers, coaches, and experts about what goes into the mysterious and amazing sounds we make with our voices. If you like this podcast, please help spread the word by sharing it with your friends, post our episodes on your Facebook and Instagram, and tag me and my guests. I'm at Metal Mary Z on Instagram. Don't forget to leave the show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, follow me on YouTube at Voice Hacks by Mary Z. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the Voice Hacks podcast. This is episode 19. I'm your host, vocal coach and vocalist, Mary Z. And I... I'm doing an episode today that's going to be all about you. Normally, we have amazing and insightful guests, vocalists, vocal coaches, people who can give us lots of insight into their experience as a vocalist, their career, and the things that new vocalists can get inspired to do. But we're almost at 20 episodes, and I wanted to take a moment and just spend some time talking directly to you about some of the things that you can do to get your own vocal journey started. I'll probably be doing something like this, you know, every 15 to 20 episodes or so. I figured episode 19 was a good time before we get to episode 20, and then we can celebrate episode 20. But let's talk about getting started on your journey as a harsh vocalist or just a metal vocalist in general. And this could be for clean singing and harsh vocals. A lot of the things here I direct towards people doing more extreme or harsh vocals. But if we look at metal as a whole over the decades of its existence, there's a ton of clean singing. I would say nowadays it's 50-50. In any case, singing in a metal band, even if you're clean singing, is sort of an extreme act. It's really, really loud volumes that we're projecting over. I live in Las Vegas and I've been getting to get to know a lot of local musicians who are employed in the local shows here and come from different backgrounds other than rock and metal. There are a couple of rock shows here, but the majority of shows revolve around people who have more theatrical background uh, or more traditional singing background. And I will notice a really big difference in the way that they're using their voice versus the way that metal singers are using their voice. Additionally, their sets tend to be a lot longer. So they oftentimes sing at much lower volumes than what we're singing. Um, The rock shows that exist, the sets are a little bit shorter or they're split up between more people that are singing. Um, But the more traditional singing shows here and things, uh, we see very long sets, but totally different styles of music that aren't as extreme as metal. They have their own challenges, but I noticed, the biggest thing I noticed was people being able to perform at a, a lower singing volume coming out of their mouth. And I I think in rock and metal, the stage volume is so loud. There's a lot of extreme things that go into the clean and gritty singing that we do as well as our extreme vocals. 
So you're watching YouTube. There's a sea of vocal coaches. There's a sea of information. You know, when I was growing up, there wasn't all of this stuff for modern singers. We just had the music teacher lady at our school or at our local store or whatever it may be. What do you do when you're first starting? You want to get into metal vocalists. You're trying to make sense of it all. So the first thing that I would do is start with something simple. And a lot of people think that that is going to be clean singing. That could be what you pick. But say you have like zero interest in clean singing. You don't have to start with clean singing. So I would start with something. Anytime you're starting to do a really complicated skill set of stuff like uh, music, especially with the voice where we can do many, many styles with one instrument and it can become overwhelming. Start with something that is simple in the area that you like it. You have to like it. If you're trying to be a harsh vocalist, don't take classical singing lessons. You won't like them very much. I'll tell you that right now. And while in a roundabout way, some of the things relate to harsh vocals, there's enough knowledge and skill now that we don't need to study unrelated vocal techniques to achieve specific vocal techniques. We can just study that vocal technique directly. We don't need to do other things as a precursor. There's enough instructors around. There's enough information around. This did not always used to be the case. Many times the reason that you see that people like myself and some other people are classically trained um, I put that sort of in quotation marks because that could mean sort of just more traditional music uh, in a theater style or something sort of what I would actually call like a mixed voice. Like, look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Now I'm in a musical. That's Disney meets my made up musical just for you guys. So there you go. <laughs> in my world, it means, you know, operas, arias, art song, etc. For example, I'm talking about this kind of style. She The reason that there are so many of us like that is because for years, that's all there was. And to this day, it's very hard to get an accredited degree from a university without doing formal classical music. Um, there's only a couple of universities, at least here in the States, that will give you an accredited degree in modern music styles. So many of us were just sort of forced to do that. I actually enjoy it a lot, but I just didn't see a lot of career viability in it. So I was happy to do it. But some people, it feels really contrary to what they're doing. And quite frankly, I think a lot of it is. I wouldn't be the vocal instructor I am now if I personally hadn't studied it because I learned a lot about pedagogy and the way the voice works and how it's powered and all of this cool stuff from that. But now there is more information available about that directly related to screaming and harsh vocals and belting and other modern t types of singing. So at one point that classical training was our only resource for a lot of things. But now that time has passed and resources have evolved, we don't need to rely on that. And I actually would highly recommend again Against that. I always tell everybody, unless you be, plan on being an actual classical singer, some of you do. There are some classical singers in metal bands, right? We see, the, of course, the first one to really put it on the map was Tarja Turunen, you know, things like that. We know that this can be done, 
But I would say that if you're not going to be one of those people and you're not going to study classical singing as a career just in that field itself, I would just go ahead and be direct. So your first thing is to pick what you want to do first. I would recommend just one thing at a time. If it's harsh vocals, I think you should start with something like false chord screams. If it's clean vocals, I would start on basic modern rock and metal type of belting. By that, I I really want to clear up what I mean. I mean our non-falsetto, non-head voice, regular rock and metal type of clean singing. So let's try nay, this kind of style. You want to look for vocal teachers that are focusing on that and that they might have classical training, but they're not, it's not an opera singing course. You really want to also kind of avoid musical theater. If you intend what I'm saying, avoid, I'm, I'm saying this to you as uh, addressing you as a person who's trying to learn rock or metal vocals. That's a very specific niche and it has a specific sound. And so to make things more efficient, you're going to avoid certain techniques that just, don't have anything to do with that. If you have no intention of doing that, you listen to Hailstorm and you want to be like a rock belter, then you really need to just laser focus on that. There's not much that those other styles are going to do for you. Now you can find for free on YouTube several really quality, very reputable vocal coaches in modern singing styles. For clean singing, you're going to find a lot of rock-oriented people rather than metal, but that's okay as long as they're really staying away from the musical theater stuff. I've got a lot of belter videos on my channel and also everybody, voicehacks.co. Get on the waiting list for my new vocal program. It's going to be a set of videos, actually. A lot of people are concerned that I'm not going to keep doing private lessons. I will, because some folks do still need that, you know. But this is more in-depth than my video tutorials on YouTube. My tutorials on YouTube are going to get you started, but if you really want to learn how to belt and to clean sing and do harsh vocals and check up everything on your list and do it all without hurting yourself... You want to sign up for the waiting list right now at voicehacks.co. Get on the list. We're going to launch it soon. You're absolutely going to love it. And you can do things in the same order that I'm talking about here. Say you sign up for my school at voicehacks.co and you are working on your belting. You know, start there with your clean, with your clean singing. That's I'm a good example of someone whose program is going to be rock and metal focused. And it's not going to really deviate into the others, these other styles. Because quite frankly, there's plenty of professionals teaching in the traditional styles. There's always time to go learn that if you want to. But with metal, I highly recommend being specific. And once you get specific with the, the styles that you're starting with, then you can go ahead and get focused on the type of instruction. I do recommend, even though I think my approach and my program is very effective, there are multiple effective teachers out there, people who I ha have on the podcast, people who I highly admire and respect their approach, even though it might be different than mine. So I always tell everybody, if my approach is not connecting with you uh, and, and you're not really 
starting to quote unquote get it from my tutorials or my lessons, which you can kind of start to tell from videos if if you're going to be able to get it with a person or not, then you may want to kind of look at other people and see if someone else in that style is speaking your quote unquote language. Singing is somewhat abstract. There are some direct things. We talk a lot about them on the podcast, um, you know, research of like what's doing this when we're making this noise and that's why this is safe, etc. However, after that, as the user, we it's very abstract to us as the performers. And to get our body to do the sounds that we want them to do, um, it everybody's interpretation of how to get at those sounds is a little different. I try to customize my private lessons to people very specifically to what works for them. But, you know, you can also further customize your instructor, you know, and if you feel like someone's approach is not working for you and you're not really getting anywhere, don't stay with it. Don't be afraid to explore other approaches. I recommend, of course, always sticking with something for a little while because oftentimes the first time we try anything, it's not going to work. Vocals do take practice and like kind of absorbing the technique and working with it for a little bit. So give it a little bit of time. But if you give it a fair amount of time, and a couple months or so, and it just nothing happens, move on. Try other vocal techniques, other schools of thought, because there are many, and one of them may resonate with you more than others. And that's certainly going to expedite things. There's no reason to like force ourselves to stay in a program that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't even matter if the program is really highly regarded by some other people that you know. It has to be for you. We're talking about you nobody else and everyone is different and you have to customize vocal training to you as an individual. When we're talking about starting on something simple, once you've found an instructor that resonates with you and you've picked an area. So if you're picking singing, start with clean rock singing, kind of stay away from the distorted at first, wait till you advance a little bit. And then if you're starting harsh vocals, I would try to start with the false chord. That is just a guide. These things don't always work in that order for everybody, but these are the simplest spots, I think, to give a good shot and the safest, you know, by default and kind of where, you know, after coaching hundreds and hundreds of people, I get to know what works for the majority of percentage of people versus what doesn't. For most people, these are great places to start. When you're talking about starting in clean singing, the reason we get into these sounds and I would actually say this for harsh vocals too. The biggest thing you don't want to do is you don't want to start with the hardest thing that you admire, which is probably the thing that made you want to get into clean or harsh vocals in the first place. That's what that was one of my like fatal flaws, you know, was always like trying to sing the hardest thing. And I, I think that's really fun. And I think that's enjoyable for fun. But actually, when you are new to singing and you just or screaming and you just start with the hardest thing that you love, your your hashtag vocal goals, you will actually experience a lot of discouragement and disappointment because there's no way you're going to be able to do all of that. It's an advanced technique that you're hearing. That's why you admire it so much, so why, why it resonates with you. But oftentimes there's a lot of years of practice and touring and albums and even vocal training behind some of these people that you're listening to. And you're just going to not be able to replicate that at first. Sing for enjoyment, but in your actual training, because I don't really want to discourage you not to sing those things for fun. In your actual training, I wouldn't take them very 
seriously until you've leveled up. So if you're new to harsh vocals or, or clean singing, I would start with easy things. I have things that don't push the edge of people's ranges just so that they can learn to stabilize. You want to level up like a video game or like any other instrument. It's an instrument, guys, that has to be practiced. You are the instrument. You're going to be leveling up uh, as like a video game you can't you're going to master each level and it's going to increase in difficulty most songs are not actually wildly complicated even though the impressive ones are most songs are more actually singable in our most hits and things even in metal like the the quote-unquote hits of metal we do have our flexes and our things that go crazy most of the popular songs are in regular more comfortable singing ranges you have to level up you can't just you know have all this pride about doing the hardest thing you'll never be able to do the hardest thing with any sort of impressive skill if you don't go through the levels unfortunately it's really a lot like being an athlete as well if you've been in lessons with me uh, I've probably said this a bunch of times that singing is like being an athlete a little bit more than musical sometimes particularly with the harsh vocals your body is also leveling up and also the muscles in your larynx are also adjusting you actually build physical strength in the things that make you sing the positions of the chords you build up breath coordination there's just some things we're not able to do and if we don't go through the levels sort of like an athlete we are not really going to achieve the tones that we want to so it is a pain in the butt to have to go do that but it is worth it I would pick in the clean singing things that are not too wide of range, not too crazy of progressive, you know, counting and things. Our minds are all really quite good. Human minds are quite good at, at learning melodies. It will seem silly to you som sometimes again, like, oh, this isn't really what I want to do. Sing something simple, you know, and master the tones, master the breath, master the placement, all the things that your vocal instructor is trying to tell you about belting, about singing in rock style. You know, decent song might be Drive by Incubus, although there are some hard things about that song. I'm saying that and I'm like, but there are definitely some challenges. But you're looking for something simple in the talking range area that doesn't go too far that ideally you like. You can still pick simple things that you don't hate. At least you're in the rock and metal genre. I don't think it's effective to do repertoire you genuinely dislike. I think you can go through your levels and find something that you don't hate. For false chords, one of the songs that I actually give, I actually had the guest on the podcast, which was Lauren Hart of Once Human. Uh, she's also in Divine Heresy now. I had her on the podcast and Once Human has a song called Eye of Chaos. It's got these great three word phrases and it's like at a slower tempo. So you start with like, just trying to get with harsh vocals, your levels are a so slower song like that with like three word phrases. Uh, this is for false chord screaming if we're starting with false chord because she does the false chord and um, these are the type of things you'd want to do for false chord. And first you're just trying to see if you can get one word at a time out. Then you're trying to see if you can get three words at a time out for a sentence. Eye of war, you know, and you keep going. Eye of chaos. And then you put the paragraph together. Then you do a song. I mean, harsh vocals, you're going to build a little bit slower even than, even than the clean singing. You're going to break the song down itself into levels beyond just picking level appropriate songs. So you're not going to try to do the craziest progressive deathcore thing especially if we're just working on a uh, false chord, just one type of harsh vocals at a time. So just do one thing at a time. Master that. It might not even take that long 
or get it with the with the harsh with the harsh vocals false chord you can feel like you've got it really under control within a reasonable amount of time within like six months or t- a year or so but with the clean singing I say master it and then move on but no it could take years to master your clean singing get a good grasp on it you know just keep advancing your levels and then once you have the basics of those things under your belt then you can start adding grit to your singing you know and leveling that up or exploring high falsetto singing or kind of whatever stuff you want to advance at that point but you have to kind of get a good solid basic level going because honestly most things are going to fit in that area you know you're going to be able to add on top of that and do a lot with those basic things there's plenty of bands out there that only do one type of harsh vocals vocalists that we know and love uh, that that don't do anything else but like one kind of harsh vocal so You could do a lot with just false chord. I think there's this crazy impression nowadays that vocalists need to do all of these things. But for the existence of metal, most people just kind of did one thing. There are a lot of people combining things nowadays, but we don't all need to do that. You could learn one or two vocal tones that you love and just master those, kick ass at those, be happy with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, Sometimes I think that's better. You know, the expression of a jack of all trades is a master of none. If someone really wants to be a classical singer, they should focus exclusively on that and really not mess with that technique very much and become a master of this one particular thing. We could say the same for rock and metal, that that's not a bad thing and it might be a way to get really, really good at it. We see nowadays a lot of vocalists doing multiple things, and it is very impressive, but just don't feel pressure to do it all at once. There's plenty of famous people just doing one or two things, and you can do a lot with those one or two things. I think you need to learn them separately and take your time. So if you're trying to learn clean and harsh vocals at the same time, separate your practice days with them, completely separate them. If you are doing beginner levels on multiple styles, try to keep them far apart when you're working on them. Separate the days. You need to distinguish in your brain separate commands that are very, very accurate and consistent, which they won't be at first for each type of singing style or harsh vocal screaming style that you do, okay? It's like singing and playing at the same time. You need to practice the instrumental part and the singing part separately a lot first. Then you can start to put them together. And it's the same thing. Once you get those styles really, really consistent, really automatic, you can control them through a song or two. You've really mastered to a point, like a usable point. Then you can start putting them in the same song and you can do a song with your clean singing and your growling. Really separate them at first to distinguish it very clearly in your mind. So even in like my vocal program, the one I was talking about at voicehex.co, you can just start with one thing at a time. All the videos are there. You don't need to do the screaming videos at the same time as the clean singing videos. But if you were to, I would tell you to, to completely change the days that you're doing them on. Make clear, clear distinctions in your mind. This is also how in the future you can have impressive control over your voice by in helping your mind establish commands, you know, connected to what you're trying to send out of your mouth that are very, very clear and accurate. By separating them, you're 
really developing your vocal control. If you jump the gun and put them all together too soon, it's going to get sloppy. And that's actually when you can get hurt. The correct sounds honed and practiced by themselves, you're not going to get hurt. But if you have any inconsistency or any conflict of instruction in the mind by putting it all together too soon, then you are at risk for hurting yourself because some things are going to go wrong because you haven't fully consistently established the difference between the two sounds. They're getting kind of entangled together sometimes. Uh, And the body just doesn't like those conflicts of movement. It likes a very, very clear, consistent instruction. Once you feel like you have a little bit of control over some of the sounds that you're making in either clean or harsh vocals, I think that you should start adding in some adrenaline. I think that as early as possible, once you've got a footing, you can get through a basic song with solid vocal technique from start to finish without hurting yourself, with using consistent tone and technique all the way through. Then you can start trying to add back the adrenaline and the things that make us want to project and do metal and scream and sing loud in the first place how are we going to do that? So we're going to talk about the simplest way to do it and then the more advanced ways to do it. So the simplest way to do it is you don't own any microphones. You don't know anything about recording gear. You just turn up some speakers in your house. And for this, I would not put headphones on because I want you to be able to hear yourself. So turn up some speakers, not, not too loud because like loud enough to get you motivated, but not so loud that it's drowning out your voice entirely because this is the simple way with no microphone or anything. And then grab something that looks and feels like a microphone. Could be a hairbrush, could be a pencil, I don't care, um, and hold it in your hand. If you have a microphone, but you don't have any gear at home to plug it into, you could just hold a microphone or even a broken microphone that doesn't work, you know, and just stand up. Once you've gotten to that level, stand up and perform the song out loud with the music turned up loud and preferably with an instrumental. Once you've gotten through a whole song with good technique, don't leave the vocalist in there. Don't keep practicing with the singer. Just start trying to do it without the singer. Start trying to do it with an instrumental be the actual singer. You're going to have to do that. You're going to have to pay attention to what the instrumental parts are. How many bars is it before you come in? You can't rely on listening to another vocalist. We do need that because we don't have sheet music or anything. So we can't just learn a song without our ears. We do need the singer for quite a while when we're first learning, but then take it away, whether it's clean or harsh vocals, start practicing with an instrumental, turn up the volume and act like you're actually on stage doing it. Hold a microphone. Be warmed up and everything, obviously. Uh, This is like just your next level of practice when you're working on things. If you have more gear, so say you do, you are a little bit more tech savvy and you know how to operate a DAW, a digital audio workstation, which is just audio recording software like Reaper, Pro Tools, Logic, GarageBand, whatever you're using, avoid stuff like Audacity. It's 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 too simple for singing. Something like Reaper or GarageBand is going to be much, much better for singing. What you're going to do is set up a recording track like you would be recording vocals in there and then put your accompaniment You could just have it in the background in the YouTube browser behind the DAW. You know, it's up to you. Um, Or load it into the DAW itself. uh, And then just arm the 
vocal track for recording and then use a handheld mic. Try not to use the studio mic. Maybe you want that when you're recording, but if you're doing like adding back adrenaline and getting the feel that you get on stage, use a handheld mic for this. And you're just monitoring your vocals. You're not really recording it. So you're arming it to record, but you don't actually have to hit record. This way you can put some reverb and some compression on it and actually hear it more like you're live at a show. And I actually think you could do this with or without headphones. I think it might be more realistic feeling if you do it with in-ears, uh, if you use in-ears on stage. And if you don't use in-ears on stage, then take the headphones off and just turn up your monitors. Stand far away enough from them that they don't feed back so you can still be monitoring your vocals, but make it like it's live, you know? That's going to help add back the adrenaline. Once you have the technique, you want to bring back the adrenaline. You're going to be surprised how much that beefs up your screams, even though they're probably already honed at that point a little bit, or your clean singing. It gives you a lot of adrenaline to go for those high notes. And that is something that we actually need. It doesn't work by itself without technique. You have to have technique first, but then you have to add that back in to get the energy to power that technique. And it's really, really important that you do that. So you could start doing that with one song at a time, and then you could build up to a full set of material doing something like that. You could also alternatively, if you have a live setup at home, like even something silly like a karaoke machine, but also a, a small PA would be great too. But a karaoke machine, you'd be surprised. I have this one called the singing machine that they sent me and um, it was pretty advanced. It even had, uh, had reverb and some effects in it and stuff. So I could plug that in. It has Bluetooth for so that you could put your accompaniment coming out through that speaker. Same thing with like a small PA. You can Bluetooth or aux cord your accompaniment and then sing or scream into the actual microphone. This might require finding a specific space or something if you live in an apartment, um, but I actually have some techniques on my YouTube channel about how to dampen an apartment and some creative ideas for how to do that. Sometimes there's hourly rehearsal studios in your cities where you can just kind of go rent a PA and then scream in there for a little bit. And if you're not super good tech savvy, most of those places, the people hosting them will actually help you set it up and show you which buttons to press and all that and get it going for you. So you can rent rehearsal studios by the hour and make some noise and get some adrenaline going even before you have a band. The best scenario, of course, would be like a karaoke, an open mic, or ideally a jam with a live band. And you can look online and find in your community other people who are learning to do their instrument and try to jam with them. Obviously, if you live in a bigger city, that's going to be a lot easier, you know, and always be safe and things like that. Don't go into any scenarios where you maybe feel unsafe with people you don't know. But for the most part, uh, you'll have good time and good experiences networking with other musicians and you can find people to jam with. But Open mics and karaoke are always great testing grounds for your vocals. Karaoke is great because you get still get to read the words a little bit, even though you're doing it to an instrumental, but it does put you on the spot in front of an audience. And in those scenarios, it's a very low pressure forgiving type of audience as well. So, you know, even if you just get together to jam covers with people for some practice, that is good. Being in like a live room with people in a band, even if you never perform on stage, those things, you know, just don't, don't feel a lot of pressure. I think a lot of people hold back on their vocal journey because they think they need the whole band that they're going to be with forever for the rest of their life that's going to take them to the top before they can go out and do anything. And part of your perfecting is actually going to be doing it along the way, doing things yourself, doing gigs yourself, or just 
simply putting yourself up there to just try a karaoke song. You've got to start leveling up your live things as well. And you want to start small like that and get used to things like that. If you have a mic stand, put the mic in the stand when you're doing the home practice thing, you know, really get into it. That's giving you what I call the faux live feel, the faux adrenaline almost. And then when you really get the best live feel, of course, is when you're on stage with your band in front of a live audience. That's when you're going to get the best adrenaline and everything. But if you've been doing this kind of pretend live or less live pressure like karaoke on the way up, that will be something you're a little bit more ready for and you'll be a little bit more adapted to. It won't be so alarming to get into these situations on stage where, you know, it's not always ideal for metal bands, the hearing environment on stage and things. And you've got to get used to that. Or maybe you bought a set of in-ears. It's a good way to start getting used to it. It's just like using them at home, pretending you're live, connecting it to your interface if you have an interface. I would recommend if you are vocal learning some basic recording skills. And I'm talking about basic. You don't need to become an audio engineer tomorrow and record full albums. But look up some basic Reaper tutorials, some basic GarageBand tutorials. Learn how to just do a simple vocal track. If nothing else, it's good for practicing and listening to yourself. Learn how to plug in a basic interface. And don't be um, untech savvy just because you're a vocalist and you don't have to rely on a lot of equipment. Nowadays, we're making a lot of content on social media. So you could be making your own vocal covers, hosting a stream. And to do some of those things, you do need some basic AV, you know, plug the microphone into the interface, into the computer kind of skills. It's really easy, guys. It's really not that complicated. Don't let it intimidate you. It's not like working with a million guitar pedals or something like that. So if you're totally new to this stuff, just kind of realize, you know, there's a lot of information out there where you could start learning how to do some basic recording and using recording software. Things like Reaper and GarageBand are amazing and they're really, really inexpensive for beginners. If you're already advanced, you don't need my advice, you know? What do you need my coaching for? You already know this stuff and you probably have a DAW you already like. So, but for you guys that are brand new, uh, Reaper is going to have the full functionality for free, basically, of uh, a DAW that's expensive, like a Pro Tools, you know? So you have a lot of options. GarageBand's only $10 or free on your Mac, depending on how it came. So just look for these options. Don't let barriers of feeling like you have to have the most expensive equipment or the best setup or the most knowledge keep you from doing that because the way we get to those points is by starting at these small levels. We don't become an expert by studying somehow. We have to learn by doing. You know, there is a little bit of study that goes into it, but if you're never doing you can't ever gain expertise, really. You kind of have to get in there and put your hands on it and fail a little bit and figure it out. You know, just dive in, baptism of fire, if you will. So then the next thing you're going to start wanting to do is expanding your styles, expanding your repertoire. Then you can start once you've gotten through a song in the either clean or harsh vocal style that you started with. And you can do it in sort of a live way where you're standing up, holding it into a mic and one of the options we just talked about, then you can move on and start advancing. So you can expand in several directions. If it's clean singing, you can start working on expanding your range and pushing the notes out a little bit further. If it's clean singing, you can also advance into distorted singing. If you're doing harsh vocals, the next level I would go up from false chord 
would be distorted singing. If you have no desire to learn distorted singing or distorted voice, because you could want to use it without singing as well. So distorted voice could also include distorted speaking and shouting. So distorted singing and speaking would be the same category from my viewpoint. Nay, nay for our singing. But then it would be also the same if I wasn't a singer and I was doing sort of a hardcore or thrash metal thing, kind of like a Jamie Josta, destroy everything, you know, this type of deal. So if you were a harsh vocalist, you could go to a distorted voice next after false chord. If you have no interest in doing that, after false chord, you could go to the fry scream. A very small percentage of you will find false chord impossible to start with. And that is normal. Don't feel bad if that's the case. In that case, you could actually begin with fry scream because proper fry scream learning should go from quiet to loud. I think that is extremely difficult. And that's something that I usually only do in lessons when I'm customizing things to people. And we work really, really carefully because fry can take a year or more to learn. And it could take a really long time for someone to get a usable fry. And a false chord might realistically be more usable in a shorter period of time. I just want to forewarn you that to proceed safely in these sounds, you have to give them the proper allotment of time to develop as well. We're talking about moving on to the fry scream just realize it might feel like going backwards if you've already mastered the false chord because it is going to take a long time. So you could be out there using your false chord while you're working on your fry scream. If you don't know what any of this means, go to my YouTube channel, Voice Hacks by Mary Z on YouTube. Just type Voice Hacks in. You'll find it. But click on the actual channel and look at the channel page. Look at the playlists. Get down into the screaming playlists and look at the videos about how to divide up the types of screams and what they are. By false chord, though, I've been demonstrating sounds all day during this podcast. So let's let me show you. By false chord, I mean this sound like. It's kind of, a lot of folks will call it a growl. By fry, I mean this sound. And it has no voice in it, really. So check out my channel. That's like a whole other topic. Basically, you're trying to level up your harsh vocals from most accessible to most difficult to access and work your way through that way. And it's a much more satisfying process because the audience doesn't necessarily know that there's different types of screams. So you can be using one while learning others in the background. They're not going to know. And once you learn them, they are pretty permanent. It's not like you're going to have to go back and relearn it. You know, once you know them, you'll have it. So even if it takes a while to learn one of the styles at first, once you get it, you're going to always have it. You can count on that and it's worth the wait and it's worth the endeavor, I think. When it comes to clean singing, there's a bunch of routes. As I mentioned, you could do range, you could do distortion. You could also go into other styles. You know, you could start exploring the range above your belt range past the break, which in male vocalists, a lot of times we call that falsetto. 
But many women, you might call it head voice or mixed voice. You can start exploring these type of tones and how to reach the edges and the limits of your range. But I would still just slowly take your song repertoire that you're working on out a little bit. You, you can always take your exercises a little bit further than your songs range-wise. Exercises are meant to push to the edge and help you get out there, but your songs sh should level up a little bit more slowly. You take from your easy songs and level up maybe a song that goes a whole step higher than that song, you know, not drastically, dramatically higher. When you're working on voiceless harsh vocals like the false chord or the fry, you can compare yourself if you're sure that you're comparing to an actual false chord or fry. So oftentimes I will tell people what is a false chord or a fry in lessons and then they can compare the style that they're working on to the artist they're listening to. I do recommend in voiceless harsh vocals to check out live versions when you're comparing and make sure you for sure know that you're comparing to a fry or a false chord. So that in that might again take a consult with your instructor like me and I will tell you if that's a good person to listen to. But live we're not hearing a bunch of artificial layering. It's not artificial. I shouldn't say artificial, but in the studio many times there are multiple vocal tracks being recorded and they are takes recorded and layered over each other to beef up the way the screams sound. And this happens with very, very good harsh vocalists all the time who actually might not even need that much layering, but it's a really common recording technique. And it does distort the way that we perceive this. This is really important too for like distorted clean singing when you're listening is to check out how the person's doing it live, not how it's layered in the studio because it's usually like way more than there actually is coming out of their mouth. With voiced sounds though, I other than like checking out the degree of distortion, if it's got the voice in it, I don't recommend comparing yourself too much to live things. Um, whereas voiceless, I think you can. With our voiceless sounds, what ends up happening is we can get closer to each other in tone. There are differences based on the shape of our face and the shape of our larynx and the shape of our body but they're more harmonic overtone differences. So we sound a lot closer to each other in harsh vocals than we do in voiced sounds, even sounds with distortion and the voice together. So other than uh, that, I would say, if you are learning voiceless harsh vocals, you can compare yourself a little bit to live recordings to get a basis for your goal of what the tone and texture should be like. If you're doing voice sounds, it's really hard to compare. And I kind of avoid that because even if I'm doing my belting tone, nay, it's going to sound different than when I hear another singer sing that way, right? It's going to have its own timbre or color or tone to it, even among other people in the same pitch range as me. I think it's a little harder to compare, you know, but live vocals do always give us more of the reality of what a human being is doing. And it's reassuring to us because in the studio, there's a lot of perfecting that happens that isn't actually taking place when a person sings live. And when we're learning to sing, we're basically just doing it live in the room. And we 
want to fairly compare ourselves or actually have a realistic perspective of where we're going and not sort of a faux, if you will, sort of photoshopped but for the ears, I guess, perspective on where the song is. Realize studio recordings have a lot going on, even when the vocalist is amazing, because it's just about production techniques and enhancing what you hear. It's not about making up for being a bad vocalist. Actually, if you can't sing, those things don't really work. And they might even make it sound worse. They might even highlight the flaws. It's not a, a cheater or a compensator type of thing. It has to do with audio production and, and making the record sound like a record by a professional signed band as opposed to a local band. Why doesn't your recording sound like Symphony X's recording or whatever? Well, it has a lot to do with what they're doing production-wise on all the instruments. And to be fair, there's layers in all the instruments. Guitars are layered very heavily as well. Choirs are layered, keys and symphonic elements are layered. So just realize it's not just vocals they're doing that with, okay? Compare things to live examples. Make sure that when you have examples that you also are guided. You know that those are good examples to check out. You know that it matches the tones that you're working on at present. You're not false courting listening to a fry screamer wondering why it doesn't sound like that. So that's really, really important to establish, you know, with your instructor that you're working on the right thing and you're listening to the examples that match what you're working on. Because it takes a little bit of a learning curve to learn how these things actually sound when you're hearing other vocalists to identify this is this scream, this is that scream, this is this tone of singing, etc. When all is said and done... The best thing might be to take some private lessons. You'll get started from video tutorials. Some of you will actually be able to take them quite far. But at some point, you may have questions individually about your own voice, like your vocal note range, for example, moving the keys of songs to fit your note range. Things like, is my false chord placed in the right place? Or am I really just making some other sound? Am I even making the correct sound? You might actually need feedback from a human being at some point to facilitate or advance your vocals to where it is. And if you've been able to get far on your own through tutorials, that might not really cost you a lot. You might only need a few sessions with someone. So just kind of keep that in mind that there are just some things that no matter how smart you are, no matter how much you've been able to adapt on your own, it's not a reflection on you. It's just that they can't questions that can't be answered, things that can't be adjusted for you individually uh, that could be adjusted, adjusted by a vocal instructor or real life one-on-one -on -one interaction. And that's where the live jamming comes back into play as well. There's just some things that you're not going to be able to adapt to if you're not actually kind of putting yourself out there and doing it. You know, you can look at content like that, too. You could use things like Smool, the karaoke app, and other things like that to start your first recordings. You could post a snippet of a song at a time. Maybe like just a chorus or something. And remember, you can always take things down and delete them as you get better and better and level up. And ideally, in the beginning, you're not going to have a huge audience anyway. So you're probably not going to have very many critics because you're not going to have much of an audience to begin with. So everything that you do, you know, when you're working with vocals, whether it's 
starting to dabble in live performance or starting to get your foot on making some content, doing little recordings with easy apps or something, you're going to level up. You're just going to do the best you can for that day at that time. And each time you do something, you're going to learn something. You're going to get a little more skilled. You're going to learn something about the app you're using, something about the software you're using. So keep going and level up a little bit every time. That's the goal. One thing and the final thing that I'll address here is if you do have vocal problems or you got hurt, videos and even vocal coaches and singing teachers, we are not medical professionals. So you do sometimes have to bite the bullet and just go to the doctor or the speech language pathologist. You can't just self-diagnose things. So even though you might be able to make some footing and some headway on learning some styles and some singing technique, if you end up actually having problems somewhere, you do need to actually see a professional. There's no way that you can kind of cheap out and get it from a couple videos, unfortunately. So there's kind of a line there. There's a difference between like learning singing styles from videos and then trying to diagnose a medical problem from singing lessons. That doesn't really work. Just kind of keep that in mind that as you're going and progressing through your journey, there are limits and there are adjustments that have to be made. It's been really great spending time with you all today and getting to talk directly to you about starting your vocal journey on metal and rock vocals, on extreme vocals. If you have questions, you can comment on my YouTube channel, leave us reviews here on the podcast, and also you can email me with inquiries about lessons and other things at voicehacks at gmail.com, okay? So thanks, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel and the podcast. And you can even follow me on TikTok and all these fun things for quick tips. I'll try to keep it all going for you. And don't forget to get your name on that list over at voicehacks.co. We're going to resume our amazing guests in two weeks. Remember, this is a bi-weekly podcast every other Tuesday. So in two weeks, we will hit episode 20 and we will have a new guest for you that you will love. And I can't wait to share that with you. Thanks, everybody. And I'll see you all very soon. That wraps up this episode of the Voice Hacks podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. 